use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What we do with our time, how we use it, the attitudes we choose as life flows by, determines the quality of our lives. It determines how well we do with this. We either choose foolish things to give ourselves to or wise things, and that impacts dramatically the, the quality of our lives. Um, it, here, here are two core principles for wise time use. I talked about them on Sunday. Um, the first one is know what's important. The second one is make sure you do it. <laughs> Pretty simple, really, isn't it? To keep that in mind. Know what's important. Make sure you do that. If you can pull this off, you're going to have a meaningful and purpose-filled life. It's going to be good. But this means that we have to look carefully, like Ephesians 5 says, we have to, we have to look carefully at how we're walking. We have to think about it. And that's what we're doing at this workshop tonight. We want to take the time to step back and think about what our stewardships are, what our responsibilities are, the things we've been entrusted with, and how we're doing at choosing to live for what's most important. Um, here's a list of major things that God's entrusted you and I with. And my aim, and, and I'm sure your aim, is to handle these things, these stewardships, which are trusts, things we've been entrusted with, um, our, our goal is to handle them in a way that we flourish or thrive. And what I'd like to do, each of these, we don't all have every one of these stewardships, but as I walk through the list, I'm going to list several of them, I'd like you to personalize it for yourself. So write names in the blanks by the category, and also pay attention to any cringe moments that you might feel about a certain stewardship, because that's something we may come back to. As, as we walk along. So the first stewardship is my life. We've been given a life. We're entrusted with one life, and I need to think often about what I'm doing with it. And our life's made up of time, so I need to think about, what am I doing with my time? Am I making the wisest investment with it? Second stewardship is marriage. And if you're married, write your spouse's name uh, next to that. Uh, we need to give time to grow our marriage. We need to give time to communicate in marriage and work things out. Uh, third, or C, my children. If you have children, uh, you can write their names in there. Either you're raising young children or relating to grown children. It, it all takes time. <laughs> and it, it falls somewhere in the priority group. Uh, parents. Uh, when you're young, you obey them, but, but as you grow into adulthood, you honor them. And as they age, you care for them. My wife's mom is uh, 91. 91? Oh, I got it right. That's pretty good. She's 91, so she takes about a weekend every other month. She trades off with her sister, goes up there to make sure she's doing okay. One of the sisters lives in the town, but that that's, that's a priority, so... She's trying to take care of her mom. Um, next, my job. 
right down your workplace. It could be uh, outside the home. You may work in the home. Certainly just as important and more tiring if you work inside the home sometimes. Uh, but jot down your workplace, wherever that is. Then, my money. We're given a level of income. We're given a level of wealth to manage. And this is a trust that we're to be faithful to, to handle it in a way that honors the Lord. And we aim to grow it wisely. Uh, then, my role in the church body. If you're a Christ follower, uh, he, he assumes that you're going to plug into a church body and contribute to that body. So if you have a role in church life, write down your roles in church life. That's a stewardship. You've been trusted with that responsibility. My friendships. Uh, you have friends. We uh, have friends, then it takes time to build friendships, to relate, to get to know others, and um, we aim to refresh our friends. And then my home and possessions is another thing. Uh, whether you're renting or owning, you have something to take care of where you live. And then if I omitted any, any stewardship that's in your life, um, you could jot that down in the blank right there. I have a couple things that don't fit in those categories that I'm responsible for. Write those down. What I would like you to do after looking over that list, look over that list, take 30 seconds to answer this question for yourself. When you look at this list of things you are trusted with, which needs the most attention right now? In, in my experience, um, I, I need to be faithful to handle several things at once as I go through my day. And I, I need to lean on God to give me the perspective and the help I need to handle those things as the day flows by. Um, I need help from Him. Uh, in, in other words, I can't take a week to work on my life, typically. I might, you know, once a year have a week to do that. But typically, in most weeks, I can't take a week and work on, say, my marriage or my life, or my, my parenting, or my, my, well, my work, you work at work. Um, so you, you, you can't, these, I have to do all these things at once. So I'm handling all these things as I go through the week. What I need to do is I need to keep gauging how I'm using my time to decide what needs the most attention right now. So we're always making judgment calls. As we live our week, we're handling these different responsibilities, these trusts that we've been giving, and we're constantly making judgment calls about where our attention is going to go, where we're going to focus. If I'm overcommitted, then I need to carry out my commitments to term or ask to be released uh, legitimately and then learn from that next time. But here's a grid that really helps me to gauge how well I'm handling my time. And you, you may have seen it before, but it's a time-use matrix. Uh, it's on, it looks like it's at the top of the second page of your, your handout. And uh, it divides life into four quadrants. 
Quadrant one are those things that are urgent and important. Uh, things like crises, uh, health matters, unforeseen difficulty in projects, conflict that creates a drag on goals that you just have to deal with. Right now it's urgent and important. You've got to do it. You've got to deal with it. Pressing problems, problems that crop up. Uh, one couple of months ago on a Friday night, my, while I was sitting on the couch enjoying my evening of my day off. My uh, wife and daughter came home from being out shopping, and there was a leak, and water was coming up all through our bathroom, our hallway, into our bedroom, and that was a urgent and important thing to deal with. <laughs> wasn't on my schedule. I was going to enjoy a show, <laughs> but uh, that that if if we'd have let it go, it would have ruined the entire floor. But it only got a good portion in the back, so um, that was okay. Pressing problems, deadline-driven projects fit into this category. People in the stewardships that are around us, they're counting on us. So if we have a deadline, it becomes a priority at some point because we've got to make it happen in time for that to meet that deadline. Uh, quadrant two are not urgent, important things uh, like planning. Stepping back and evaluating life. This this is one of those things. You didn't have to do this. Um, but it's it's not urgent, but it could be an important time. Um, gauging our time use, developing goals, vision, what we want to do with our life, where we're headed, what's happening with it, what we want our marriage to look like, what we want our family life to look like, what we want our career, where we want it to go. Just stepping back and thinking about these things. Uh, relationship, relationship building fits in this category, in this quadrant. Uh, our marriage, kids, friendships, teams that we're on in ministry. Fascinating thing about Jesus, he would be in the middle of crowds of people with all kinds of needs. And he would pull away with the closest disciples and begin to build the relationship with them. Talk to them. So, this is... Not in the midst of all the urgent things, these are the things you pull away and give to that are they're very important that you won't get to if you don't. Opportunities to connect with someone, to build a bridge, to meet a need, um, to make progress in a stewardship that you have. Um, that's quadrant two, crisis prevention. Think, thinking ahead, seeing where this is heading and what the problems might be if it keeps going that direction. And, what can I do to keep that from happening? What can I do to head that off of the past? Quadrant three are urgent things, not important things. Uh, the activities in this quadrant are things like some interruptions. In the moment, we have to decide in the moment whether it's quadrant three or quadrant one. It's an interruption, but I've got to make a judgment call on what I'm going to do with that. Uh, some phone calls are like this. I got a call the other day, and... The, the man on the other end said, I'm going to take, he, he said, I'm from so-and-so company, and I'm going to take a few minutes of your time. And I said, no, you're not. <laughs> I think I was getting ready for this this uh, deal right here. <laughs> I said, no, you're not. Why are you calling? You're not going to take it. I might give it to you. <laughs> I need to know why you're calling. Um, mail and reports fit into this. You know, sometimes I, I've turned off my notifications on the mail, on the phone, not texts. 
<laughs> but um, sometimes we just need to ignore the phone or ignore notifications or whatever it is because they distract us. They take up a lot of time. We need to schedule when we're going to look at those things uh, most often if we're going to really make progress during the day. Some meetings or gatherings are, are like this, uh, many pressing matters and other popular activities. So that's quadrant three. Quadrant four are not urgent and not important. Procrastination, things that we do, busy work, some mail, um, like for instance, inbox ad, inbox ad. You know, you sign up for a, you buy something online, and then the ads start pouring in, and you're like, oh, that looks like a good deal. I'm gone. Um, some phone calls, escape reading and TV, Overuse of Facebook or game apps. I said that more quietly. Uh, time wasters. Here's an, ex- here's an exercise I'd like you to do. Let's take about 8 to 10 minutes. And, um, oh, hey, all these were on there. If you'd look over the time use matrix and answer, answer this question first, and then I have some others. What are the top five most important quadrant two activities in your life right now? The most, the five most important. If you could just take take a minute to think through those, and then we'll have some discussion with the folks around. Take, if you would, um, eight, six to eight minutes or so to discuss with the person next to you, or two or three people can discuss what quadrant two relationships and responsibilities in your life are being neglected right now, and what is blocking you from giving the right amount of time to this stewardship. Look at the other quadrants maybe three and four, and think through what it, what is it that's blocking me? What's keeping me from giving the time to these important relationships and responsibilities right now? Let's take some time to discuss that as we, as we think it through. Hopefully that, that gave you an opportunity. I, I realize that... To, to really think this through, you're going to have to take a little more time. may have felt rushed. You couldn't have been comprehensive in your thinking through. But the idea is identify what's most important. The not urgent but very important things. And sort through how you can give time to this and, and make time for them. Um, when it comes to using our time, mostly we're encouraged to work toward balance. And uh, that, that means identifying your priorities, make a list of those things, make a list of everything you need to do, put them in your schedule. And in my experience, you need, you need to keep track of that stuff. There are different strategies. I think I've been, I've been through several time management 
events, and I've read a bunch of books. Because using my time, I when, when you started a church, we started the church, Cindy and I, 28 years ago. And when you start a church, you're staring at a whole week of stuff, and nobody's telling you what to do. So you have to think through, how am I going to use my time most effectively? And um, so you, you think it through, you do your best, but in my experience, life keeps throwing me off balance. I can't, there's this myth that I can keep things in balance. From what I've experienced, that's, that is a, a solid myth. And so I'd like to share some perspective on how to move beyond the balancing act. And we're just going to look at things a little differently from here on to sort of aim to move past that. We don't typically experience life in boxes um, or compartments, but that's, that's what we tend to do as we try to manage our time. We give, we give this stewardship, this amount of time, we put it in this box, and then we give this one that much. This is our, our health box, our workout box. Our church box, our men, whatever it is, we tend to put it in compartments. Um, but what I found is that life doesn't stay in those boxes. It doesn't tend to stay where you put it. <laughs> it keeps fighting its way out of the box. For instance, when I'm in my recreation box, something often happens, and I have to go take care of an unexpected thing that happens. Um, maybe if you have young children, the kids get sick. It's hard to plan things. How, how do I get back to my recreation box? For instance, I was on a, a date with my daughter, and it was right before she was uh, going into high school, I believe, and I was going to give her a ring, a special ring. It was really just, we planned it for a long time. We were at Duke's in Malibu. It was really nice. We were with her best friend and her dad, and it was going to be great. And my wife, we were taking care of my parents at the time. They lived with us for five years toward at the very end of their life. And my wife called, and she said, hey, uh, my mom was in the hospital. And my wife brought my dad down to visit my mom in the hospital. And she called me in the middle of Dukes and Malibu, so she knew what was going on. I figured, well, I better take this call, <laughs> which I, I usually do when she calls. Um, I don't decline. <laughs> but she called me and she said, hey, uh, I pulled your dad into your mom's room and he just had a stroke. And so they, I'm wheeling him down to the emergency room right now. So I, I had to leave, obviously, that box that had been planned for a long time to take care of. This is the way life goes, just when I'm paying my bills. I've got, I've set aside two, three hours to pay my bills, try to figure out where the money's going, what I'm going to try to do with it. And just then somebody calls, a good friend calls, they're really struggling and they need to talk. Life doesn't stay in its boxes. It doesn't stay where you try to put it. And on and on and on. At work, uh, depending on the kind of work you have, you may have a routine. I've developed a standard week. This was a suggestion when I started, because I'm staring at this week that you know I have to try to figure out what I'm going to do with all the time. And I've developed standard week, 
I'm yet to have one. I've never had a standard week <laughs> in 28 years. I've never had a standard week. So, family life, church life, friendships, they don't tend to cooperate with our routine. They just don't. If you stay focused on a routine or a plan, you miss opportunities. And that's really how God tells time. From one opportunity to the next. That's the way God tells time. We, we, if we stick to our plan when things are changing, we miss time to invest in friendships, in family life, in ministry. Proverbs 16.9 says, The mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And so, um, we, we, need to, we need to think this through. Obviously, you have to have a schedule. It's better to keep a schedule than not most of the time. You have to know when important dates are coming up. You have to try to wrangle your time somehow. But this, this perspective I'm going to share with you has, has, has really helped me. Our typical approach to a balanced life is, is to, first of all, focus on a long list of activities to be done. If I forget something or something's added, I get weighed down and maybe I go into overload and I could be wallowing on the ground, frustrated. Um, second, we create categories or mental boxes into which the activities can be sorted. Third, we decide how much time should be allotted for each box or category. As a precaution, we, we, uh, we set firm boundaries so that interruptions do not disrupt the balance of the boxes. And this is sometimes where we get in trouble. If others interrupt our cir- or circumstance, if we get interrupted by someone or circumstances invade our box, we feel attacked. And we can, we can just lose it. We can lose all perspective. And it becomes more about our schedule than it is about whatever is happening right here that could be the very opportunity that would help you move forward and make the most of the time right then and there. Um, and then finally, we stick to the schedule no matter what. If we rigidly stay in the boxer compartment we've scheduled... We miss often living for what's most important in the moment, and we miss opportunities because we don't pivot away from whatever it was we had to plan. Now, for me, often when I pivot, when I change, you know, I've got the box that I'm going to be working in, something happens, I have a judgment call, I decide, am I going to just stay in my box and ignore what's going on, or am I going to go ahead and give my time freely? That, that may mean I'm going to lose some sleep. It may mean it's going to be a lot more of a hassle to try to figure out how to work out the rest of the week. But generally, we have a choice right there how we're going to handle this in our free time. Some of us, uh, work is more prescribed, and we have certain things we have to do. But even in our workday, most of us are making judgment calls about what to do with our time. So... Uh, it's, it's a dream to think I'm going to work in this box the whole morning or the whole day and then I'm going to deal with the other boxes tomorrow 
That is a dream. <laughs> that would be awesome. My experience is that the, the boxes don't stay in their, their blocks of time. Life just doesn't flow that way. So, if you would, take, a, take about 30 to seconds to a minute to circle the numbers by, these, by two of these typical approaches that most characterize your thinking or approach, the things that you tend to land on as you handle your, your days. schedule out. We manage our time by setting boundaries and holding to those boundaries, and it requires sticking to that schedule. Um, in my experience, life is much more like blending, um, which means we, we take the most important ingredients and we blend them into the day as things change. And things are going on, and that day turns into a life. I, I look at the week, usually Monday morning. I look at the week, I look at everything that's coming up, and I consider what needs to be done, and I put things in a block of time. I, uh, I read a book way back when, a long time ago, that said you need to draw a fence around a, a period of time, say two or three hours, I'm going to work on this, during this time period, and then I'm going to work on the next thing over here in this time. So you have time time blocks that you're you're blocking out when I'm going to do them. Um, so we do that. We think, okay, I'm going to take care of that on Tuesday afternoon, or I'm going to do this on Wednesday evening, or whatever it is. But at the end of each day, what I need to do is I need to start thinking. How did that blend taste? How did the things I blended into my life today, how did my day taste? Was it good? Um, we need to decide, was there an, uh, an ingredient that was missing? So we're thinking, we're gauging what we're doing with our time constantly because we're making these choices day after day on how we're going to spend our time and we need to reflect on it. We need to take some time at the beginning of the day, thinking about yesterday or the end of the day. How did that taste? What, what am I missing? And often for me, the things that are missing, I can feel them in my stomach. Because they're, they're churning and i got to get to that. I need to step back and thank God. Would you help me figure out why my stomach is here, why I'm ramped up like this, and what it is I need to really give my time to the rest of this day or to, you know, the, the next day or whatever it is. So any fence that I draw around a block of time needs to be a temporary fence. 
like the ones they put up at construction sites that could be moved easily. So that, that's just from my experience what I've learned. Um, when our aim is to blend, here's what it looks like. Focus is on goals or end results, not did I pull off my schedule? Did I stick to it? Did I stay within it? The method is living God's priorities and objectives for my day with his help. I'm constantly relying on him. I'm asking him for help and perspective as I'm making decisions and choices. I manage it by monitoring indicators. I'm trying to pay attention to warning signs and looking for indicators that tell me whether or not I need to give some time to this or to that. What, what am I missing here? And it requires more creativity in asking God to help you see situations from his perspective. So the one way, really, if you, if you work on a schedule, um, you, you, it, it's more focused on me, how I'm going to pull this off, how I'm going to block out this time. This one is, if we're blending, then we're looking at, hey God, how, how do I do this? And what's right for me to put on right now? When I get overwhelmed with everything on my plate, I have an opportunity right then and there to trust God. I can decide what's most important right now and ask Him for the strength to do it to the best of my ability. And I, I need to include Him in that decision. I need to ask Him for wisdom. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all men generously and without reproaching. And this is, we, we live each day and we, we can learn from it. And we can ask God for help in gauging how that blend was that day. I mean, you, you might have your perfect, perfect, your favorite coffee blend <laughs> drink. You know, you know how it is, but it tastes good when you get the right blend. I have this mocha stuff I put in my coffee every morning, and when I get the right amount, it's not the same amount every morning. When I get the right amount, well, I just want to keep drinking coffee like crazy. It tastes good. That's, we, need to be, we need to be taking the time, and as we're going through our day, asking God to help us blend what it is we're doing right now and what we need to focus on right now as we move forward. And often, when an interruption happens or when something crops up and I didn't think about it, put it on my list, my major problem is how am I going to get the rest of this stuff done? How am I going to do it? And often, I have to choose faith. I have to trust God with the rest of the week to help arrange, help arrange it so that I can pull this off. I was just I just had a meeting with one of the guys at the Dime Bar campus. He's an engineer. And they they had a water leak at their house and their whole kitchen was destroyed. So they're they're remodeling their kitchen. And he said it's fascinating because right right in the middle of remodeling his kitchen, which has required a lot of effort, a lot of time, he's needed to be away from work as it's taken a lot of focus. God shifted his responsibilities at work, or God allowed that, arranged this, so that he's more free than he normally would be to do what he needs to do. I've experienced that over and over and over again. But in the moment, my temptation is, it's not staying in the box. How am I going to do this? 
But I can, I can choose faith. I can choose to trust God with the, the rest of Most of my frustration or worry comes from thinking, I'm not going to be able to do what I wanted to do. <laughs> what I wanted to do. Um, we need to recharge, but often we have to put that time off until God makes it happen. So I'll also ask for God, refresh me in the moment as I'm doing this. God, help me enjoy this stuff. Help me enjoy my work. Help me enjoy the stuff I have to do. Help me enjoy you in the middle of it. And that, that's, a, that's a, big, a big help. So here are the key blending practices. When I, uh, first of all, take the opportunities God provides during the day. If, if you can shift, um, do it. Use your strengths to be a help at work. Even though you've got your, your job description, your responsibilities, if you have time to help out, help out. If it, if it means even delaying what you have to do. There's a moment with your kids. I mean, you got to get somewhere, but there's this teachable opportunity with your kids. Take the time to do that. There's an opportunity to serve your friends, and it's going to cramp you a little bit. It's going to be a stretch, but you could do it. Go ahead. You, you take the opportunities that God provides during the day or the week. As you roll along. Like I said, God tells time by opportunity. And then mix the opportunities together as much as possible. Make sure the different elements, uh, family, work, ministry, etc., don't compete with each other. Often that requires communication. You, you, have to, you have to communicate the right things. And so we aim to blend our opportunities together in a way that honors God blesses those around us, and remains faithful to all our stewardships. And then, so can I take a friend with me so we can talk in the car as I do my errands? That's a way to mix. Can I include the kids in this project? That takes a lot more time, but it's a good training opportunity for them at times. Um, are, are there ways that I can mix things together as I'm living my week in order to help? Uh, make these things all happen as I live through it. Um, and then third, focus on the goals God says are most important. So I really need to understand <coughs> the, the goals and the fruit, the results that God wants me to, to have with my life and the different stewardships. If something is missing, then ask, ask how can I mix this in to my week? Um, remain alert to warning signs or other indicators that you need to add some of more ingredient. Usually that comes, like, it shows up when you're dropping balls and responsibilities. You've got responsibilities, you're, you're trying to juggle them and you're dropping them. And obviously that's going to need more attention over here. Or a relationship, there's conflict or tension, there's frustration, there's coldness. So we need to stop and take... So those are some indicators that you need to add some more time to one ingredient or the other. And then five, depend on God for the creativity and insight to combine the ingredients of your day. He, he'll really help with all this. To live carefully means that we're going to have to think to think and to think the right things as we live each day. Um, take take a moment, if you would, and, and this is somewhat similar and related to what we've already talked about, but 
What, what is the missing ingredient right now in this day or this week? Where do you feel the most pressure? Just with one person next to you. Um, answer that. Take about a minute or two to answer that question.
the time to my stewardships and help them flourish and thrive. So it's it's like this just doesn't work out in a linear fashion where you go one, two, three. For instance, God's the most important thing. But I have to, you know, I don't spend more time with God than I do at work. So, so I, I, have, I need to take God with me at work, and I need to have, have him figuring out how am I going to, I need to, he's, he's there all the time, so I'm working with him to, to try to do what pleases him in all of these stewardships. So that's, that's a good question, but, and, and obviously we're, we're always making trade-offs. And, and there are certain things, for instance, family's important. If, if one of the ways you see that in Scripture, as you get to know Scripture, you gain a better grasp on what's wise and the best way to live uh, each day. Um, it, <coughs> scripture says, basically, if, if you're, uh, you could be the most involved person in church life, but if your family's falling apart, you've just disqualified yourself. So obviously, you know, there's a ranking there. You can't let your family go to, to do the ministry and things like that. So um, as you get into Scripture, you start to see what what's most important to God, and He gives direction. So I, I need that time with Him every day to bring it together. That's, that's a good question. Any other questions? In the list of blending practices, the third one says focus on the goals that God has the most important. Do you have, I mean, I think we all kind of have a general idea of what those goals would be, but do you have any um, maybe references uh, that you could kind of guide us to um, to just keep those top of mind and kind of redefine them for us? Um, I, I think. I think that it is, there are, I, I don't really have them off the tip of my tongue, but um, it's, what, what, what I, what, what was it, look at the goals and the most important things to God. So, for instance, what you want to do in, in family life or in the way that you go about your work. You want to understand what Scripture says about that and how to handle that and put the most important things at the top. For instance, Colossians 3, 22-24 is a good passage on work. And it talks about... Um, and then Ephesians uh, 5... Is it 5? Where's, where's the, do you guys know the passage about... Uh, the way that it's, it's, it's about slaves, but it relates to our work as well. But how slaves. Ephesians 6, 7, and 8. Okay, 6, 7, and 8, right. So there, there's some passages that will give you some guidance for, okay, I'm, I'm really working here for God. And my boss, I, I'm working in a way, I, I want to make it easy for my. Ephesians 6 talks about. Serving your masters as you're serving the Lord. And so, as I go about my day and I'm making choices, no matter what's going on, or how frustrated I am, I want to try to make my boss successful. That's at the top. So if he, I'm trying to find out what's important to him, what's going to make the company go, or whatever endeavor I'm involved in. 
and I'm trying to make that happen. So that's an example. I don't have an exhaustive list. But it would be the same thing in family life. It would be the same thing in, in church life. There are things that are more, more important to others. There are other big, big categories, of gigantic categories of things like, um, you know, the, the, great, the great commandment in, in Matthew 22, uh, 37 through 40. You know, love God and love others. That gives a lot of guidance. It's not very specific. But in the moment, how do I love God? What is loving to God? What's doing what's important to Him? And finding out what's important to Him as I handle this situation. That's one of the advantages of being involved in church life is we can... As we're facing situations, I keep running against this at work. And I have a question about what should be the most important thing I'm focusing on here. Get some input from somebody and get some help for how to sort that out. So that, that, that's, a, that's a really good question. I have to think, I'll have to think <laughs> if I can come up with an exhaustive. I can't come up with an exhaustive. <laughs> that's a really good question. Alright, we're running out of time, and so I want to wrap up by encouraging you to keep asking yourself the question, what's missing right now? What's the missing ingredient, or what ingredient, what is, what is it that I need to really give my time to? And at the beginning of the day, how did yesterday taste? At the end, end of the day, what kind of taste was <coughs> left in my mouth for the day? What, what did I miss? God, what is it that I want to do? Um, a key to blending really is staying engaged in life enough to think over what you're doing with your time right now and whether or not you need to stay with the plan you, you've created for yourself. Um, and again, as I follow the Lord Jesus, He's the one that brings life together. He guides, He directs throughout the day. And if, if I don't check with him, check in with him in the morning, I'm, my day doesn't doesn't work out as as, as good as it does if I do. Um, so before we take off, I think it's it's time. One thing I plan to apply from this seminar seminar is, and you can jot that down real quick.